Hello, and welcome to your next episode of Fixing Fitness with Kelly, the show that serves up real talk about fitness with a focus on why traditional fitspo just doesn't serve women in their 30s. Let's talk about what we can really do to get results that make all the effort worth it. Get more on the website at kellymarieroach.com, including exclusive access to my head-to-toe mobility routine when you download my free guide to the five worst exercise cues in the fitness industry. And tune into the Kelly M. Roach YouTube channel for weekly videos offering fresh perspectives on fixing fitness topics. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of the Fixing Fitness with Kelly podcast. This is the 10th and final episode in Season 1, and then with the holiday coming up next weekend, I'm going to be taking some time off for that, and then I'm going to take a week and plan out our topics for Season 2. So there will be a two-week break before we get back and start Season 2 of the podcast. I wanted to let you guys know that. Um, The growth in the last week or so, ever since we crossed that 100 downloads mark, has really been incredible to watch. So again, thank you all for tuning in, listening, offering your support. While I am not on the podcast over the couple of weeks there in between seasons one and two, you can find me on Instagram at Fixing Fitness with Kelly. I will be continuing to post things like recipes, workouts, little behind the scenes things over there. So we will have some interaction while I'm getting things ready for season two. In today's episode, I was giving a lot of thought to the concept of effort. And it kind of was triggered in my mind by a quick clickbait type of article that I saw that I'm going to talk about a little bit during the episode today. And we're really going to be looking at how our level of effort is tied to our energy levels and our habits and how you kind of can't have any one thing without the other. So without further ado, let's jump into season one, episode 10. I came across an article this past week where Mark Cuban shared what he said is the one trait successful people share that most people don't have, and it comes down to what he calls the one thing in life you can control, your effort. Now, the rest of that article was in the vein of going above and beyond at your day job to solve problems and how you really ought to focus on where you can get the most reward for your efforts instead of focusing on your passions. But I wanted to look at how we can control our level of effort in a different context. In an earlier episode this season about stress and female fitness, one of the studies I cited examined how stress can increase the perceived level of effort during endurance exercise, even when the level of effort, i.e. resistance or duration, has not actually increased. So when it comes to physical fitness, if it comes down to how much effort we put in, how can we monitor our perceived level of effort to make this more palatable? It's not really that hard to go for a walk after dinner instead of transitioning immediately to the couch, or to use the standing desk you bought and drop a walking pad under it to get more movement throughout the day, or to park a little further back in the parking lot, or frankly, to build your day around prioritized exercise time. So why does it seem like it takes so much more effort than it does? As previously discussed, chronic stress and mental fatigue play significant roles. So does lack of motivation. But effort doesn't really have anything to do with motivation, does it? I think of motivation as something that comes from external sources, whereas effort, as Cuban suggested, is entirely within your control. 
Self-motivation really is nothing more than deciding to direct effort towards something. But do we need to think about effort as a finite resource? It doesn't seem reasonable to put 110% effort into everything that's important to us all the time. Kind of like that saying goes, if you half-ass everything you do, you'll only ever get half-ass results. Another way to think about it is spreading yourself too thin versus putting all your focus into one or two things. Those one or two things you focus on will advance much more quickly if they get all of your attention than they would if they have to share your attention with half a dozen other projects. The trouble is those other half a dozen projects will inevitably be neglected. And in real life, what might those things be? Family time? How clean your house is? Whether you have clean laundry or fresh groceries? Your sleep? The unfortunate truth is that most of us don't have the luxury of dedicating ourselves fully to one or two endeavors at a time. And in our culture, it is not even necessarily encouraged that we keep physical health at the top of our list of priorities. It's not normalized to build your day around non-negotiable exercise time. It's not normalized to refuse processed foods in favor of whole foods. It's not normalized to prioritize health and fitness in a culture that will prescribe you a pill for every symptom that could be resolved with lifestyle change. And the reality is that most of us, deep down, are still kids in a schoolyard. We are afraid to stand out as the ones prioritizing the things that no one else seems to. It makes it more difficult, i.e. it takes more effort, than going along to get along. It means needing to have a thick skin when the naysayers voice their opinions, having the courage of your own convictions about your health and wellness, educating yourself so you don't get sucked into fad diets and misinformation, and often finding your own way in social situations. You have to put in the effort to figure things out when everyone you're with wants to eat things that aren't in your typical diet or when the whole group wants to be sedentary for an entire afternoon and you want to go for a run. We are experts at talking ourselves out of standing out. It's a deeply rooted survival mechanism. So when our survival brain wants us to conserve energy by reducing effort and staying safe with the pack, it seems like a win-win. And more often than not, we're going to give in to this subconscious conversation we're having with ourselves before we even realize it. So strengthening our ability to control not only our level of effort, but where we're directing it really can mean the difference between embodying the fit lifestyle we want and not. So I said earlier that motivation and effort aren't really the same thing. Motivation mostly comes from outside ourselves, whereas effort, aka self-motivation, comes from within. But there's another piece to this that needs our attention, and that is energy. More specifically, which comes first? Do you need to have enough energy to put forth effort, or can you manufacture energy by putting forth effort first? The study I mentioned in an earlier episode seems to suggest that if you're already tired before you pick up a task, that task is going to seem a lot harder than it otherwise would. And in practice, I think this is correct. Whether we're talking about getting to the gym or cleaning the bathroom, if your energy levels are low, getting the job done seems like a much bigger hurdle. So before we can even begin to focus our efforts somewhere, we have to shore up our energy levels first. Energy drains are going to be different for everybody, and many of them are unavoidable. Taking care of kids and family, running errands, managing a household, holding down a day job, getting poor sleep. 
but there are corrections that everyone can make to give themselves an advantage. What are you eating? How well are you hydrating? What time do you even try to go to bed at night? Are you exercising at all currently? Do you get out into the sunshine and fresh air every day? What kind of content are you absorbing? Are you glued to the news, YouTube gossip channels, and true crime podcasts? Or are you listening to uplifting music, watching shows that make you laugh, and reading books that spark your imagination? Where I'm going with this is that your energy levels are determined by your habits. Are you in the habit of starting your day with the latest news cycle or with your own bullet journal and making your bed? Are you in the habit of gossiping and mindlessly scrolling over lunch or eating something energizing and rebooting for the afternoon with a short walk? How well do you set yourself up for the next day when you're closing things down at night? Even little things like clearing the dishes in the sink and making sure your phone is charging make it so you have to expend less energy the following morning. The other benefit of good habits is that they increase efficiency and increasing how efficiently you run your life will free up time. And time, as we all know, is one of the most common hurdles to getting exercise. It's never that we don't have time. It's that we don't organize our time efficiently. Time management is one of the biggest, most beneficial habits you can develop. Managing your time means you have more of it. You have less stress, which means less energy drain. Everything you do requires less effort because it is managed well and efficiently. And look at that. You've conserved both energy and effort to route toward your physical health. My top tip for time management is to start by getting organized. I've always just kept a notebook and multiple pen colors close by. I started doing this almost 10 years ago now. And a couple years back, people started calling this bullet journaling. But to me, it's just a brain dump. It's where I write my workouts, my to-do lists, my ideas, and if it's a particularly busy week, I use it as a day timer. It astonishes me how many adults don't seem to actually understand time. I used to have a friend who had a bad habit of overbooking herself. If she'd penciled me in for three hours in an afternoon and also told me the plans for that time slot, I used to look at her and ask her how she could possibly have believed we'd be able to get all of that done in three hours. And without fail, she would insist that we could. And without fail, we never did. And perhaps most astonishing, she never learned. Pay attention to what you're doing, guys. If you are someone who is guilty of this, that's fine. The real problem is doing it over and over again without making any adjustments to improve. Try plotting it out. If you have multiple things that need done, write down when you're going to do them estimating how much time you think it will take for each. For instance, 9 a.m., you're going grocery shopping. 10 a.m., you'll be home to mow the lawn, and at 11.30, you'll be done with all of that and starting laundry. Well, if it's 11.45 and the lawn is only half mowed, you know now that your perception of how long it takes you to do these tasks is wrong. So next time, adjust. Here is the harsh truth. Until you master time management, you will be caught in a loop of stress, exhaustion, and feeling like you can't get caught up. That is a recipe for poor habits, low energy, and ultimately perceiving any level of needed effort as too high. Screw the masses and what people tell you is normal. Be willing to be different and to approach your life differently. 
Be willing to slow down and really understand what you're after instead of speeding through life checking boxes. Just because you work out doesn't mean it's helping you meet your goals. Heck, most people don't even know with any level of clarity what their goals are. Organize your lifestyle with some basics and watch how you accelerate your results. So that is what I have for you guys. Wrapping up season one, we talked about a lot of different topics this season from the physical to the mental and emotional sides of fitness, tying it all back to how being behind a desk for the first 10 to 15 years of adulthood takes its toll on your body, your mind, and your spirit, and trying to take control of all of those things back so you can be as fit as you have been trying to be and having a deeper understanding of maybe why it is that what you've been trying hasn't been working. So thank you again for listening. If you've missed earlier episodes of season one, I would encourage you to go back and check them out. Follow along to be notified when season two starts. Again, we're going to be kicking that off two weeks from today. So thank you again very much. Super, super grateful for all of my listeners. And I will catch you in season two. Bye-bye.